Welcome to Albinism Talk with Marilyn, with your host, Marilyn Green. Before I introduce you to our guests, please remember to follow Yell for Change on all social media platforms. And please remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also, if you would like to take part in the Yell and Yellow campaign, please send your yellow pics to Y4C or Yell for Change's Instagram page. Without further ado, we have a guest in the room tonight. She is all the way from South Africa. She is an activist for albinism and she's also a contestant for Mr. and Miss Albinism South Africa. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Mandisa. Welcome, sis. Good night from the UK. Welcome to Albinism Hi. Talk with Marilyn. Hi. Um, hello, ma'am. And in, in our culture, we say Mulweni. So, hello, everybody. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for having um, me, ma'am. <laughs> You are most welcome. So, Mandisa, please introduce yourself to the to the world so that they can know who you are. Um, my name is Mandisa Makunga, and I'm from South Africa. Uh, I'm from the Eastern Cape. Um, I grew up in the villages, but now I'm mostly living in the in the city. I'm living in Port Elizabeth, and I am 34 years old. And I am a giver. <laughs> I am a lover. I love meeting new people. I love coffee. I love food. <laughs> uh, and most importantly, yeah, I am an activist for albinism. I believe that I am gonna. I am the change that I'd like to see uh, for albinism. And I'm also the finalist for the first ever Miss and Mrs. Albinism South Africa 2021. So, in a nutshell, that's me. Wow, you sound so enthusiastic about that um oh my god it's amazing to meet somebody like you and um thank you for that <clears throat> for sharing that with me and the world um so mandisa the question i'm going to ask you is you know you know i know you have albinism but i want to hear from your side of things what age um did you know is you were different from your family members um what age okay from my family um we were always treated the same so from my family side of view i never actually felt different because i was treated as the other children but then now when you go to the community and you go play and then you get uh to hear children calling you other names and then you get them actually specifying that your sister, you look different. Um, and in our country, most I, I, I am, I am an African. So the minute I have a lighter skin color, then they, they specified that. And then when I got home, and I asked my grandmother, why do I look different? Or and then my grandmother told me that each and everybody is born special. I think I was six. So we are not meant to look the same. Uh, we are not the same. We are all different. And at, at my house, most we have different skin colors. So she was like, look at us. All of us here at home have different skin colors. Just because yours is lighter, it means absolutely nothing to you. It just means that you were born with a lighter skin than the other children. So for me, I grew up believing that we're all different. We 
cannot look the same. <laughs> so that's how I took it. Um, I took it as everybody is born different, who don't look the same, and it's just skin color. I did not know what it was like albinism, for example. Uh, I was not told about or taught about albinism at home. You know, because at home they were like, no, we have different skin colors. We're not supposed to look the same. That's how God created us to have to be different. So for me, that's how I got to understand growing up. I got to understand that we are born to be, to look different. We're not meant to look the same. So it was basically that for me. Up until, up until I had to study about albinism um, in a very, like, um, I think it was like over 20 when I actually had to study about albinism as a condition, you see, because I didn't always know that it's albinism, it's, 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 an, it's a genetic um, thing and because of this we lack melanin and because of this we have a visual impairment. I did not know it uh, growing up. It is just that when my Smolanyana cousins kept on asking, why do you look different? Why do you look different? And then I was like, no, um, they need a proper answer besides me being special. But then they need to understand that this has got something to do with the genes. You see? So then that's when I started to learn about albinism as a condition and teaching about it. And then I understood from them that, no, we are not aware of albinism as a genetic condition. You know, we don't understand that. So that's where my advocacy started, <laughs> is understanding that people don't necessarily understand what urbanism is. Besides the myths that are around it, but people do not really understand the melanin and everything else. Right. I'm glad you mentioned that because urbanism, as I, as I do these talks mm-hmm. and I'm learning more and more about urbanism, and for me, I... Um, for welcome Luca, he's joining in. The founder of People Living with Albinism is here with us. He's joining in. Um, <clears throat> so, when it comes to albinism, you know, most people have their own agenda, their own perception about it. And to know that with me, very similar to me, I'm from the Caribbean. So I didn't know about albinism until I came to the UK. But growing up was my family, they they were like nothing wrong with me, you know. They'll be like, Oh, your skin God made the difference. So I know like my grand my parents will be like, Yeah, you you're normal, don't worry about it, you know, God make you different and so forth. And um yeah. <clears throat> I knew for me. I knew that my eyesight was, I had low vision very young and my eyes were still yes. every light I go into, especially the sun, my eyes will be like, I will, my eyes will hurt me a lot. And I noticed that there was something that I couldn't really understand why. And then with, you know, growing up and then, then obviously, you know, wearing glasses and everything. Like my grandma used to take me opticians when I was six and so forth, when I was in the UK. So I knew something about me was different, but I just couldn't really put my hand on it. So let me ask you this. Um, So educational side of things, I would like to ask you is, um, 
did you receive any accommodations for your learning? For example, did you have to sit at the front of the class for one? And did you have a large prince? Did you have any special assistance in your school? And did you have extra time in your exams? Um, I did sit at the front front at school always. Um, I think from a younger age, um, I sit in front because then I could not really um, understand what's going on. But each and every school I went to, they were very accommodative. Um, so I sat in front and when, 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 when they had to write something on the board, I would write it so that I get the book to write on my own notes. Uh, because I'm, 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 I'm short-sighted, so I see everything here. So yes. throughout the years, I, I, I was sitting in front. Like for example, I remember in um, grade eleven, grade ten, eleven, twelve, I was sitting in front, front of the class. Like the teachers had to stand. Like my desk was in just in front of the board, but then my friend's desk was also there with my. <laughs> So the teacher was standing right behind us at school. So my schools were very accommodative. I really didn't have a issue with, with paper that is in front of me. But then what my high school did is that they requested for grade 12, they requested a larger print for me. They didn't ask me. They didn't. I just uh, like, Yo, just, they just had a larger print for me uh, to, to accommodate me. And then at tertiary, I, I because I, most of my school years, because I understand my, my, my vision, so I made a way where it could work for me. So even in tertiary, I didn't have like large pins. I don't like large pins now because <laughs> they take up all the space. <laughs> so yeah. usually what I really don't like. <laughs> so I prefer the normal print so I can, it's, it's fine if I do that, but I prefer the normal print. It makes my life a bit easier. So at tertiary... Print. So that to cut you, sis. The normal print size. What do you mean, like? Because for me, I use like size fourteen. So the front fourteen for me is good for me, but yes. the small, no smaller than that. So I know. Let me explain to people who are listening when you're talking about big papers, because I had accommodations as well in school. In in my secondary school, they made preparations for me as well. So everything was enlarged. I had, you know, if you put two, I don't know if you see a big A paper. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, you have to fold it like two times more. I hated that because that was taken. Yes. And it takes space and it takes time. Yes. But yeah, they were doing the right thing. (laughs) I know what you're saying. But what I, I, I honestly, I just said, you know what? No more A4 print, but it doesn't make the front part. Doing the right thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sorry about that. So, so carry on what you were saying. You, so they made accommodations for you. You didn't request that. Internet signal. Guys, apologize for the signal failure in no, here. I think in. in, in high school they 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 was they would they decided for me and then i was like no it's okay and i wrote my high school and we were good and then in tertiary because now i understood my eyes better i i i i i made ways where i i i was okay with 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 teaching myself stuff and you know 
understanding what I need to do in order for me to to get on with the program because I literally like this is the other problem I have I really like independence <laughs> so I yeah. like to get my way around things so yeah but they were very accommodative at 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 this we were told in in, in Tshebana you must go if you need any extra assistance and then I was like no I've got this <laughs> yeah no no I know the ones man I know mm. because it's like you don't want to be dependent on people and that's yes. something yeah, you want to be independent so I definitely get that as well sometimes I have to tell this future I'm not handicapped it's just that okay all right make the you can make the the, the front big but it's taking up too much space in my bag making my bag heavy <laughs> big large papers so I don't mind you doing the enlarged prints but just make the front page but make it be on a, maybe more than yeah. one page that's fine I just don't want that big A3 paper you know so academically you have the support so in in school as well did you also make friends so socially in school did you make friends in school Yes, I think for me what has helped me is that um I I moved a bit, ne? So I was always the new the new the new child at school. So my personality is a bit out there and I really enjoy meeting new people. So <laughs> I always had friends at school because I I didn't I started like um higher secondary in a different town, um high school higher in a different town so for me that has helped me a lot even with with, with my with my confidence and and understanding people um the, the moving around because i was not always in one town i did pre primary in one town primary in, in one town um secondary in one town high school in one time so i was always the new school at like the new like the new kid at school i was always the new kid at school so um i think for me like when i look up into my life now and understanding more about like that for me helped a lot because then i kind of like needed to introduce myself and be comfortable enough to be myself and well i do like i talk a lot so it's not very difficult for me to uh have new friends and yeah so i did have friends in high school and tertiary and and so forth because a lot of people become so immune they come adjusted to your condition so so you you really didn't really have that problem socially then yes because i i literally was was like sometimes it feels like i even like forget that i have autism because to me we are all different <laughs> sometimes it sometimes you know it gets overwhelming when people like stand there but like Kanina why are you guys uh staring what's so what's so <laughs> you know but then it 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 you you get to understand that um especially if you go like to a mainstream school where there was not a child with albinism before and so yeah but then for me i think the foundation that i got from home made it easier for me to be able to to maneuver in the world like from 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 like in in an early age because at home it was always a place where i came back and i was like your today this is what happened and then i would be listened to and then i'll be advised or they will they will affirm who i am or is pc so those things my family actually helped me in my journey wherever i went so i think um 
a foundation, like a family foundation where where you are told that you are enough, you are beautiful, you don't have to worry. It's just lack of melanin. Um, then you will be able to actually um, socially be able to understand that uh, people are really just people. And I've also learned that sometimes people cheat you the way you cheat yourself. So if I come as this bubbly person and then that's how they accept me. And they, that's how sometimes they also forget my mind is with albinism. So, yeah. I love the fact that you said that because you mentioned the internal support and obviously it's good that you've received the internal support from your family. And that's when, obviously, how you are treated in the home does indicate of how you're treated social and external because you know there's some people with albinism they may not have that privilege because some family members do mistreat them in a very way so So some people like for me I've had the both advantage and the disadvantage because so I had the Jamaican my obviously I'm from Jamaica so as I said before I had the the Jamaican side they were very very good i had the love and support i had my godmother reminded me the other day on whatsapp she said to me i remember Evelyn, i used to look after your skin take care of your skin they made sure that my skin was like taking care of they put the right um stuff to keep my skin um hydrated my mom did the same thing academically my, i went to school as well my mom used to work in the um in the garden section so my mom taught me how to read and write spell my name everything and I also I also made friends as well but when I came to the UK it was different because obviously you're coming to another country and um you know you're trying to adjust and then sign a new school yes. I had some family members they you know they weren't as nice to me you know? <laughs> yeah but and mm. I had some I had the good ones that really support me. Even when I started my cause last year, um they supported my cause and I wanna thank God for those people who stood by me with the yellow yellow campaign. So, you know, it's good that you have support from the internal and that's important because, you know, it's already hard born in form without yes. the visual impairment why make somebody's life harder so it's good that you've got the love and the support and then obviously you have the maybe you have communities and family members that would educate people who do not know about your condition or my condition per se to educate and say look there's nothing wrong with Mandisa it's lack of melanin that's what it is it's nothing it's not a disease and it's not a curse you know let us move on to the next question um now I'm going to talk about Mr. and Miss Albertism. Yes, it's time to bring this up. It's time to bring this topic up. Yes. Why yes. Mr. Albertism? What, what led you to this um, competition? Explain to the audience why Mr. and Miss Albertism? Uh, mostly for me, it's a it's about impact, impacting the next generation of people with urbanism. Um, but most importantly, it's about awareness, to draw awareness uh, into urbanism and into us teaching the communities that um, urbanism is just lack of melanin. Um, and, 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 and we want to 
you know, for the for the next for the for the next child with albinism, you know, to understand that the sky is not even the limit. Uh, you can do whatever it is that you put your mind into, and to have an impact so that the next generation of people with albinism, they do not have to 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 grow up around the myths on albinism. So it's 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 a platform where we get to say, this is who we are, this is what we are about, and we just dismantle all the myths around urbanism. So most importantly, that is what it is about, and we want to show the beauty. And we want to also show that, you know what, we want people to understand that urbanism is just lack of melanin, and we want the communities to really be able to, to also explain by themselves, by now, what urbanism is. Because now, the, the thing is that with albinism, people know the myths mostly. Do you understand? Uh, I think what has been out there is the myths. So now we are here to delete the myths. So that when I have a child with albinism, they do not grow up in a society that knows albinism with the myths. They grow up in a society where, where, adverse, where adversity and diversity is accepted. So uh, that is why... We, I am, a, that is why I'm a finalist. And when I saw the the, the competition, because it's, it's the first of its kind here in South Africa, I was like, no, uh, this is an opportunity to to make an impact um, in, in 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 South Africa as a whole, but not just in in, in Eastern Cape, because I live in my province, so this is South Africa. So now I get to represent myself in South Africa. I get to educate in South Africa. So that's why I entered and. So far, so good. A bit nervous, a whole lot of excited. Um, so yeah, that is why I am the finalist for the for the for the Amazing, because you know, um, Mister Miss Albertson, it's it's you know what this is something. This is a this is this is like a world changer. For many PWAs out there, so is it for all ages? Yes, it's for it's for all ages. I think it was it was between eighteen and thirty five. I think initially, yeah, I think the okay. age it's eighteen between eighteen and thirty five. Okay, that's good because I just think that because you know a person with albinism they. You know, and confident issues, and, and I'm glad that this competition brings a light, a light to albinism, and also exposing that there are people who have albinism. They're just as beautiful as a normal person with melanin. So, it's it's very good that this competition will give PWAs a, a, an opportunity to prove themselves and to really, you know, just to like. You know, just bring themselves in the forefront as well. You know, so I'm really glad that this competition is 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 important. It is in a, in the PWA community, and obviously yeah. family members can also educate themselves in the community can un- mm-hmm. understand the condition. That, hey, albinism is just a genetic condition, and a person with albinism they do have the right to to live a life without yes. inferior without feeling rejected, without feeling as if that the world don't love them. So I'm glad 
you know, as a part of this advocacy to meet people with albinism just like me and to really get to know and to educate myself as well and also to learn more about other people with albinism. Yes, yes. Because we get to hear other experiences as well. Yes. And that's what's important because you can, just because a person's born with albinism, that don't mean that their experience is the same. You can't really put everybody yes, in the same. Yes. You can't put anybody in the same category. And that's something yes. I am learning more and more about. So moving on to the next question. Um, we're going to talk about, you know, like your like employment-wise. Do you, have a, do you have a career in something that you do? Um... Yes, um, I'm, I am. I'm an admin tech now, but um, I think for me, when I when I in, 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 in between high school and tertiary, I, I have a diploma in, in internal auditing. I want to do accounting, but then when I started working, I enjoyed um, working with people. So I was like, let's let's leave accounting. Let's do people. <laughs> so currently where I'm working at, I deal with people on a daily basis because that's, I kind of feel like that's where I am most um, comfortably at. So I'm currently working with people because I really do enjoy meeting different people and listening to different stories and all that. I am an admin clerk where I work, but then every day I get to engage with people. So now I am doing a, a, a qualification in psychology because then that's where I want to my wings at. I was like, no, I loved accounting and my first job I had to be, I was working with accounting, but mostly I, I do, I want, I want to do people. <laughs> so that's why I'm where I'm at because I get to engage with people. I get to meet different people. I get to, to experience different attitudes. And then, um, so that's where I'm at career wise. Awesome. Awesome. The reason why I had to ask this is because of the discrimination that is occurred in Africa towards PWAs and when it comes to employment and work, um, I've got to understand that the employment rates in the PWA community <coughs> is very low. It's very low and 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 especially um I've come to understand that in certain certain parts of South Africa, um, the government is not really like helping and assisting as such. So, what is your intake on that? Um, I I hear you. I, I understand where you're coming from, uh, because um, communicating with with, with people with albinism, I get to understand as well that employment is 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 hard or most of the things that are offered like it's internships and internships and internships but they don't really crack to get into the like the, the industry and actually get uh, to be permanently employed uh so i do understand the the the, the employment part and also again we also have an unemployment rate that is sky size uh due to a lot of reasons so I would like to urge a person with albinism to to keep on knocking on these doors and not to be discouraged. Um, for them to try and 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 do something, anything, anything that you are passionate about, even if because I when when I 
got out of tertiary i didn't have a job and then i volunteered uh for about like six months then after volunteering then i got work so to to motivate them not for them to get discouraged because not being employed is very discouraging as well as to knock on the doors where maybe you can volunteer and then you can also get to experience how the employment because remember now um employment sectors are different i remember on my first job um uh the the invoice numbers very small i could not see nothing <laughs> um and remember now it's my first day and i was like i had nerves of my first day and then the work that i had to do had invoice numbers this small so when i'm normally nervous my eyes kind of like go to rest as well man so um but then because i had explained like for example on the interview that i'm partially sighted right so the manager understood and then we had to it was it was it was a bit hard on the first day now because part of me learning the job was part was seeing those small numbers you know i remember them ca- coming with magnifiers and lights and 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 it was a very long first day let me say <laughs> it was it was a very long first day so i had to to explain to them that okay let's leave the small numbers for today because i am already nervous on my first day and my eyes and i don't work when i'm nervous right like literally they just do not work so i can i had to explain to them that listen can we not do the the small numbers today and then tomorrow we'll try you know like let's get to do something that i can do because that is motivating when you on your first day and you're like but then i can't do even this then it was like a week on the job when they gave me some understand the invoice numbers and where they come from and I, I worked with the invoice numbers four years in that company so i think it's very important for a person with autism to understand themselves first so that even when they go for employment they can be able to say bana this works for me this doesn't work for me uh also I, with the co- also with I the computer i definitely agree because in my workplace now i declared my site my impairment and they put me in a department which is suitable for me so even if the computer screen is small i can blow it up myself for me to see so mm. you know these are things that and you know like when you even certain times like i go to work and stuff like that i i had to do things to accommodate myself to help me work and so forth but the fact is um it's good that you make declarations to your managers because you know they may not understand why you can't do certain things but it's good that you brought that up in your workplace and that's something that's encouraging other persons with albinism or people with albinism to when you're going to go into employment you make sure you declare your visual impairments so that the manager will make accommodations for you in the workplace otherwise they're going to treat you like your normal person yes but then i think for me um in order for me to be able to to declare my 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 vision i had to understand albinism i had yeah. to understand myself 
Um, I had to understand that my vision is just my vision, and my vision, my visual implement does not define what I bring to the table. No. So that that also had to take me to understand myself, to understand what I bring, to understand the fact that the fact that I do not see the invoices does not actually mean that I cannot actually do the work. It's just that because mm. they're too small. I had to take a little bit longer than normal. So what is also very important is understanding albinism, understanding yourself, understanding your strengths and accepting your weaknesses. That's very important. Yeah, I can hear the internet airways want to give trouble at this moment. I can hear it so bad, but you know what? Whether internet or no signal, this talk is going to carry on. So... Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, do you know what? That's very powerful. You know what you said. You know, understanding your condition, <clears throat> and you know, I mean, some people, uh, some people are in denial of it, and 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 that's something that we have to come out of that. That's something that is is here to stay. You know, there's so many future PWAs in you know coming up now and we as elders we've kind of paved the way for them we know what it is to struggle with the eyesight we know what it's like and it's and it's, it's our due diligence to ensure that we, we we you know we spread the message about our condition so they can understand themselves better too and and another thing when i when i love what you said that you said that you know knowing your strengths and weaknesses for me I see as okay. I use my weaknesses as strengths. Yes, That's what I, I yes. see as. I mean, I, I know what there's barriers and limitations. Yeah, I know that my. I, I mean, I, it takes me a while to to get things done because of my vision and everything. Um, but I I use those barriers to improve on myself. I don't say, oh, I have a weak point. You know, mm-hmm. I use weakness as something to develop my skills to be productive i know my strengths i'm a people's person i engage well with people but you know my weaknesses there's certain things i'm not able to do but just because i can't do them that don't mean i can't i cannot stop achieving and obviously one of the things that i learned about albinism is okay yeah there's limitations but you don't have to limit yourself just because there is a limitation if that makes sense it does yeah so Moving on to the question now, we're going to talk about the myths. Now, what's your intake on the myths now? <laughs> you know, I... This is a big thing in the albinism community, the myths. This I... is a big thing. It's a big thing. And as a part of Yell for Change advocacy, is to bring awareness to the, the barbaric and the disturbing acts, what's Ooh. going on in Africa. So that's one of the, one of the main things to bring awareness to albinism is the dangerous myths and to really shine the light on these these unspeakable disturbing wicked and evil acts that's going on in Africa it disturbs me a lot sis it really bothers me to know that people are in fear of their lives because of these rituals and these dangerous beliefs so um, exp- tell me in your own words What's it like, you know? If we're going, let me just rephrase that. In your view, what do you think of these myths? I do not understand them. <laughs> I 
honestly do not I, I I honestly do not know how people come up with these things because okay let's 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 take let's take two myths ne? that contradict each other because there's this one that we 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 have with bad luck right um because some people are rejected in their families because they 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 bad luck right in the same breath same people also steal us because we bring luck and we are the lucky charms same people say like honestly like i i i really don't understand we we really not we bad luck and it's not it's a curse it, the family is cursed and then on the same breath we want her blood we want her her sisi can i have lotto numbers uh sisi if if you greet me today i'm going to have a better day that's what they do to us here in the streets so i i i honestly 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 don't understand where where the smiths are coming from you see because i you see and also we disappear apparently we 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 don't we don't die yes we don't die we disappear and you know i would joke about this and like you guys i wish i had actually the superpowers that you were talking about <laughs> but yeah but 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 on a serious note i really do not understand where these things coming from <laughs> um another thing that has come to my mind as well sis and honestly i do not laugh at anyone who's suffering from any sexual transmitted diseases or hiv which whole hiv apparently yes and, and i'm not laughing at that because there's people going through that but i'm laughing yes. at it i heard this is a story of a person of albinism can cure hiv which i just have to say wait what what do we cure as hiv and aids you're giving it it's not curing it you're giving it that's another myth that they said that um a person with albinism can cure hiv which is not true and um it's something that's really makes me just think oh my god what, what in in god's name is going on with people's perception of albinism that they believe that all these things can really happen and i also heard that a body part can cost 90,000 you yeah because because they also believe that the, our body parts then they can make um uh, whatever so that people have luck so i do not know i do not know how inhuman can like i don't understand how people can be so inhuman because we just people that are born especially like they are like sometimes we are born right in front of them like nothing miraculous happened and yet they believe these things yet they believe these things yet we live amongst them so it's very sometimes it's very tiring that you have to teach people that hi guys we are also human you see yeah it's kind of how you get you get so fed up of like education mm. to say to people we human as well hi guys we human you and, and another 
you know, I don't know if you did hear of those two scenarios. What happened in Zambia, like the one with the little girl that had a hand This yeah, is the, the child. And that one, that one, I think, okay, you can do it to an adult is bad enough, but to a two-year-old infant, innocent baby that's come into this world and you decided to really make her life hell now. For the rest of her life, she is scarred with this barbaric act or inhumane act of her losing her arm to these criminals. And I pray to God that would, would they get catch for that. I hope they get they caught them. And let's see how it feels if they were to lose an arm and sell themselves. Yeah. It's so evil. I mean, yeah. I cried, Melissa. I, yeah. I cried when I when I read the reports from a from Albinism's Foundation Zambia. When I read that report and I saw that, I literally cried. It was one of them ones where. Your heart is aching because it feels as if, it feels as if it's actually coming to you. Child. Yeah. And I think sometimes the emotional uh, things that the parents go through, because emotionally then a, a parent has to go through all of that. And emotionally then a, a parent has to rise, to raise a child. And, and and explain to her and bring back her self-confidence because somebody decided to be inhuman. Mm. So we ought to pray for a, a better world. We really ought to pray for a better world as much as we can stand for advocacy and, and, and tell people what, what albinism is and what it is not. We really ought to pray for like a better world because... Yeah. Children can't keep on suffering like this because now it's children. Oh. I mean, I'm not, I'm not exposed to that sort of thing. I'm not exposed to that, but I cannot really, I can't comprehend this inhumane thing. Not, but I put mm. myself in the shoes of the parents, or I put mm. the sh- myself in the shoes of a PWA that actually was affected or become a victim of that because it feels as if even though I have the condition what makes it even con- connects us is the fact that it's, it feels like you're touching you're cutting my arm off or you're chopping my leg off or you want to kill me then so even though it's not happening to me physically but I'm putting myself in that scenario in that shoes to empathise with my brothers and sisters and and, and and it it really really takes it does really disturb you when you think about things like this because parents or maybe are in fear of bringing their kids in the community because of these dangerous myths, and I feel like this needs to call to an end. It, it needs to stop. Too long this going on now. It needs to stop. When I I never believed it at first, but when I see the Actually report, so It does really disturb me, and especially I feel it for my prayer goes out to the mother of that baby, and also recently another one happened again in September with that young twelve-year-old boy. His arm was chopped off, but luckily the father um, caught the attacker. But one of them is in custody right now, as we speak. But obviously he had to go to the hospital. They had to chop the arm off because it, they couldn't save the arm. It and was too are- bad. And then these are things that are still going on, you know. 
um, so in South Africa, is does these type of things happen? Um, not so much. Okay. Uh, they don't happen so much. But then we do have we still do have stereotyped people that actually do um do believe in these things. Um, there was there was also a child in in KZN where they had to. Okay, the child got like it does not happen often, but then it, it these things kind of do happen because then remember now, even if we pass away and then we, we are buried, they also want to go and dig the grave. There was a case where they they want they believed that the body still uh, can perform magic, and then they had to dig somebody's grave, and also a child that also disappeared. I think in case it end and. When it was found out that there was a sangoma that was paid because they believed that the child could bring luck, uh, so but it does not happen as often. But it's still something that people believe. So it's mm-hmm. still something that we need to educate on. Wait, so I I actually heard about the grave thing, and to me, that's I think that's so not even in death a person albinism can't rest because of these rituals you see you can't have a proper so wait a minute so so what do they do do they have like private funerals at the night time with just friends and family no they had like a normal normal funeral Mm -hmm. um but then it was it was those people that looked they were trying to steal them the body Mm -hmm. because that because the body has because the person that was that has passed on has albinism. So they were trying to get the body parts. Imagine. But but funeral-wise, we have the normal... It depends on each tribe uh, on how they carry on with the funeral. But we have normal funerals. But then what they did is that they knew that, that a person with albinism uh, was, buried, was buried in a certain place and then they tried and... Um, because they wanted the body parts. So it's sad... Oh, that's the thing you, you can't you, so even in death they still want the body part because for their rituals where's the dignity in that where's a where is the dignity it's a lot to think in oh lord you know what I've heard they strip away the dignity a lot to take in Right. Oh my God, these myths. And I just think that, you know, so even in the burial, let me ask a question. I would just come to my thought just now. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, The burial. So the graves, yeah. Do they have to put the names of the person in the grave as well? So if a person with Albertson dies, yeah, yes. they put a name on the graves, right? Without the pictures. How would they know if a person has Albertson or not? No, I think those ones uh, were deliberate. <laughs> like okay. they, it's not something. It's not something that they, they, they kind of like knew that because this person is because it was not even long after. Like it was, uh, it was not long after the the person who had buried. So they had an idea way before. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I think that's how they got the the body parts. Otherwise. Uh, the graves it's just their name and surname okay. it's just that those people had the 
their mindset on that evil deed that time. Yeah. And I don't really think I ask these questions because, you know, you never really think these things happen in this day and age, but it does happen. I you know, they, it does happen. It, it really happens where, you know, people can't rest in peace. Like especially in the album community, like you can't rest. Imagine no dignity for the dead. Jesus, help us. Um, let's move on to the question of uh, mental health now, because as a part of Yield for Change advocacy, as I mentioned, we're not only dealing with the physical aspects of having albinism, but we want to talk about the so the not the mental health and emotional health of having albinism. So. In your opinion, is this topic brought up in where you're from? Um, I don't think we talk about it much, as much as we should. Um, but I think it's a topic that we should put out the most of the time now, because most of 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 it's 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 draining to to be able to all like to 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 always have to prove yourself that you can do this. Um, it, it takes it takes a lot for you to, to affirm who you are. And because now remember with albinism is, even when you walk in the streets, there's gonna be someone that's gonna have an opinion about you, about how you look, about how you, how you are. So I think that mental health is something that we ought to, to, to speak about more and to address what does it do to me as a person with albinism? How 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 has my journey with with mental health has been like? Um, what because for personally, one thing that I did struggle to accept was the eyesight thingy. Um, I did not have a problem with with, with with my skin and and people looking at me differently because of my skin. But one of the things that I struggled a lot with was accepting my eyesight. Um, I remember I wanted to have a license and my, my eyesight is, is quite bad, you know, so I'm short-sighted, so I really don't see far. So now I struggled with that. I remember there was, a, there was a term in my life where a person would ask me like, when are you getting your license? And I would literally want to cry, but then then. Um, because now remember that my eyesight is something that I cannot change um, and like it's, I can't change it so now I had to accept it and be comfortable enough with it so that when a person comes to me and say Bana, why aren't you driving why aren't you then I do not answer from a place of anger or from a place of hurt I can answer from a place of, of, of education of educating the person because now I have accepted it I have understood it and then now there's also a, a case of, of, of self-confidence, you know, because now mental health goes along with all those things. Self-confidence. I cannot be confident if if I'm for if if my mental health is not um is not intact, you know. I I will go to anxiety, I will have anxiety, I will have depression, I will find ways to survive that are sometimes not in my favor. Um because I cannot handle how people see me. I cannot handle sometimes my failures. I cannot handle the things that I cannot do. So mental health is very important. Um, it's important for everyone, but for a person with albinism, it's, it's important because daily, daily you have to work on yourself. Daily you have to explain to a person, 
why are you not wearing your glasses? Because sometimes people come out strong. And then when you are not in a great space, that is what I've also realized about myself, that if I'm not in a great space, then I am sensitive and vulnerable to anything that is coming from outside. Because then my inner person is, is not in the great space. Because now, because apparently life happens to all of us and then sometimes you feel demotivated or you're not reaching your goals or you do not see yourself where you're supposed to see yourself. So now if you're in a sensitive space and then you get someone out there that says something to you that touches in that sensitive space, it's either you break down, it's either you say something you're not supposed to say. I have other friends that will say, you know what? Now I will go clap a person and then I will do the education later. You understand? So those are the effects of us not uh, understanding our mental or, or not really taking care of our mental wellness. Uh, those are the consequences that come with us not taking care of the mental wellness. So I think that mental health is, is, is quite important because sometimes you see that self-confidence, guys, the rejection is not nice. Um, so if I'm in a sensitive space and then they, they tell me in a sensitive place, but no money, so we cannot take you here, then it it's, sometimes it feels like your world's like going all down. And then you take all the other things and then it, 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 you know, it, it drives you to depression or anxiety. So I think that we ought to dive into mental wellness and, 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 and find spaces where we talk about the things that trouble us as people with albinism. Because I found out that um, we are most comfortable to to joke around about things that trouble us as 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 as, as people. Because sometimes people won't understand, won't understand my struggle into what happens on the roads, uh, how, how much how much how, how much longer do I wait uh, for me to, to to pass in the roads? wait for the car is it near is it far those type of things or yeah. you see those type of those the things that we as people with with low vision understand or when somebody greets you and you're like i have no idea who you are and if you know those type of things or when a person that's in the in the car quotes for you and they greet you and you're like lord i like see nothing those type of things so i think it's very important for us to find spaces where first spaces where we can really be honest about our feelings about our fears about our, our our failures about you know so that we can be able to to conquer them because for me i had to anything that you have not accepted it will conquer you uh it will, it will so you have to accept but then accepting takes you takes time takes something from you to understand Mana, this is this is what it is and it really does not um define me so it's very important for us to to be aware and to be present for our mental wellness absolutely i definitely agree with that because self-acceptance is very important to especially in the albinism um, community as well and it is when you come to self-acceptance you're also it's healing as well it, it mm. helps you heal from the scars or from the trauma that you face or I face so when it can be honest with you like I never really spoke about albinism as much it's only it's the first time in a long time that I 
no, and obviously I didn't want to upset that condition. I just wanted to be like, you know, quote unquote, I just wanted to feel normal. But my new normal is being different, is my new normal. And you know, I battled with selfishness myself. I battled with feeling ugly. I battled with feeling, you know, not, you know, and, um, and I dealt with the depression side of things. I dealt with the anxiety and so forth. But then I had to realize who is Marvelyn. You know, who am I as a mm, Yes. Not just about the albinism aspects Al- of it. Mm. But knowing who I am as a person and understanding that, okay, I cannot change the fact that I was born this way. Albinism mm. is a part of me. But, my, but it doesn't define me. I limit the condition mm. by accepting who I am. And growing as a person, being productive like anybody else, just because I have limitation doesn't mean I'm limited. I, you know, as I said before, I I treat now I treat albinism as my asset. I don't treat it as a liability. I treat it as a as an asset for me to grow, for me to persevere, to for me to achieve, for me to accomplish. And and in the last few years, I have accomplished a lot. I have, you know, when people when people want to say to you, oh, you never been married. I'm a wife of three years, okay? I'm married. Right? That's one big achievement for my life right now. I am a wife. And yes. my husband loves me beyond the albinism. Um, he doesn't even see that condition. He's also in support with Yell for Change as well. And also, mm. when it comes to employment now, in my workplace now, a lot of people are drawn to me, whatever it's bad, good or bad, but a lot of people mm. seem, you know, compensate with people. People are coming to me. Not so much me going to them as such, but people are coming mm. to me in the workplace now. And I never and, and I, I never felt this way the other day. I, I, I'm I'm truly I see it as a blessing. And what was my ridicule has become my biggest blessing, sis. And and that's how I treat Albertism now. I treat it as an asset because of the ridicule and the rejection in my past or whatever, I take it as a blessing. I take it as a it's rewarding because now that I'm in my own skin, I don't care about the stairs anymore. People can stare at me. Okay, I don't really care no more. I am so thick-skinned to it. And I have come to the acceptance of who I am. And if you if you don't like me, kudos. Like, you know, I don't really care <laughs> So, you know, if you just see the color of my skin as a hindrance for you to not speak to me, then that's on you. But I would not let the color of my skin, or I'm not going to let albinism dictate to me of who I am. Um, welcome to our um, guest that's joining the room. So, um, because of time, as time is coming up for us, um, the floor is now open. To anyone who wants to say something to me on Mandisa, so the floor is now open. Anyone who wants to say something? Anyone? Hello, everyone. Good evening. Hi. Hi, Queen Mandisa. Hi, Mavelin. Hey, Lerato. 
Ma'am, Lerato is one of the finalists. Hey, Lerato. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. I want to see you. I want to see you. Where are you? Hey, Queen. Hey, Queen. Hi. Hey, Queen. Come on. Come on. Show us. Show us. Where are you? I'm here. I can't let me switch on. Hi, Lee. Good evening from the UK. Welcome to Albinism Talk with Marvelyn. How are you, sister? I am so great. Thank you so, so much. You know, I couldn't miss out on this, you know, topic, even though I entered late, but at least I was 30 minutes late, I think. Yeah, well, all I can say is, you know, you guys are, well, this is very educational, and I believe it's something that we should you know, deal with more often, you know, I've learned a lot, and yes, Queen Manisa, you are the best, you know, you, you are exceptional. Thank you so much for, yeah, for, for the education. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, are you one of the contestants of Miss Albanism? Yes, I am, I am. <laughs> I am, Thank you so much. All you gotta do is just tag me in the video. I wanna see you lots of walk doing the catwalks and all of that, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Just, just, I only, just, just upload a video, I wanna see y'all walking down the aisle with the catwalks and your high heels and you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love that anyway. <laughs> Wow, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm so in, I'm so elated for this type of competition to happen. It's about time that people of Albanian need to shine and to really bring out their talents out. And it's a good move. It's a good movement, Mr. and Mr. Albanian contestant. I just hope it goes well for you both. It's a shame that I cannot be there at present because I'm not in the same country. I'm in the UK. But, you know, it's okay. That's what YouTube is for. <laughs> yes, we'll definitely update you. Don't worry. <laughs> definitely update you. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for um, joining Albanas and Talk. Is there anyone else who would like to speak? Is anyone else in the audience that would like to say something to me or Mandisa? Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. You know. Good night from the UK. Welcome to Albert's and Talk. Can you introduce yourself, please? Um, I'm Veronica. I'm one of the. Oh my God! Hey, Vero. Hey, Vero. Hi, Veronica. How are you? I'm good. And you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for joining Albert's and Talk with me. Um, I would love to hear your intake about this discussion that me and Mandisa is having. So please share your views or if you would like to ask questions, quote unquote. Uh, I I also like joined very late, very late. I didn't hear much, but the part that I heard, okay, I can say I've learned, Lena, okay, I've learned a lot. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. I, I don't know if you can hear me because of the internet connection. Can you can you hear me? Yes. Okay. 
Please repeat that again, please. I said, okay, I, I, I didn't hear much because I joined very late, very late. I think a few minutes before you finish. Oh, wow. Well, it's okay. You didn't miss much. We were just talking about mental health and myths and getting to know Mandisa a bit more. So, you know, it doesn't matter what time you join in. At least you, you caught a bit that you can learn from us as well. And, you know, thank you so much for joining. You know, you, you're you're just as valued as as a, a listener. So you're, all our guests and, and in the in the room are just as important so it doesn't matter if you join in early or late so thank you so much we really appreciate you for joining Albertus and talk with me and guest Mandisa okay yeah thank you thank you <laughs> gosh I want to see is there anyone else in the room I see oh that's about it oh wow um, that's okay. Thank you so much. So, Mandisa, back to you, my darling. If there's anyone <laughs> else who joins, then we can open the floor again. So, right. So, back to you now with the Mr. and Miss Albinison. What, uh, well, let me just rephrase the question. Who is okay. the founder of that? It's Mr. Godfrey Parchway. Uh, he's the founder of the Mr. and Miss Albinism. Um, I think he's been he's been invited to like um, Mr. and Miss Albinism in in Zambia. He was the guest judge there, and then I guess when he came back, he was like, "But then no, we don't have such competitions here in South Africa." So that's how he got to start their competition. He already had a foundation uh, where he taught about um, disabilities and stuff. But then when he was he was invited as a guest judge for Mr. and Miss Albanism in, 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 in Zambia. Then he came back. He was like, I cannot be judged there whilst we don't have it here. So, yeah, that's how he... And he saw the need for the education. He saw the need for the for the awareness, you know, to spread. So that's how he started the, the competition. Absolutely. That's amazing because I'm glad that... Does Izzy a person with Albanism? No, no, he's not. Okay, well, I'm very glad that there's somebody who's taking the initiative to bring this type of events and to wherever he is. Um, this is a message from the UK. Thank you so much for this initiative and this movement. And I'm and I'm sure this movement with Mr. and Miss Albinson will encourage other PWEs to come mm. out and take part yes. in this movement and it's very empowering you know it's very empowering to know that you know people are bringing awareness towards the PWA community and I wish that there's more people in the world that will just join in with this movement obviously in the UK albinism is very, very rare, rare. Um, it's a very rare condition yes. It is very rare, but it is there is we are, I do see a few PWAs here, but it's very rare that this condition is like is exposed. Obviously, now in Africa, I got to find out there's one in 2000 that has this condition is very high in Africa. It's really high in Africa, but like in the United States or in the UK or Europe, this condition is very rare. In the UK, it's one in 17,000. 
um, estimates. So I've got to understand with albinism. But with albinism, it comes with its ups and downs, highs and lows. As you know, we we both went through the childhood, teenage years, now the mm-hmm. adult stage of having this condition. And um, one of the things that I would love to really educate about albinism for me would be, you know, we never choose to be this way. And that's something that <clears throat> it's not our fault that we were born this way. No. But um, it's something that you can either embrace it or you choose to live a life of bitterness. Hmm. And let's just yeah. talk on a level like, you know, I've got all the time to talk about algorithm right now. I have, I don't even <laughs> Well, like ending this interview right now. <laughs> um, you know, to be honest, because you know, you, I've, I've, I've had PWAs come on and we talk, and but you know, I mean, we've got a bit of time still. Um, but for me, I, I, I see um, meeting somebody like you. I've done a talk with the CEO of Proud Albinism, Aunt Annalie Matiba. I don't know if you've mm, heard yes, of yes. Yes, I, I do I have. Her. And my God, I, I didn't want to end the interview with her. She's so amazing. I've done a talk with her and I've done a talk with Pinky as well, because Pinky was one of the first um, person to come out with and talk with me. She opened the floor for me for Real for Change. And I honestly, when I meet other <laughs> PWAs, you just don't want to, you don't want these don't want to stop. end. <laughs> Because I know it's because of time and because of time difference and time is on quote unquote. It's, it, I mean, when you have these talks, you're like, oh my god, like it's it's, it's amazing. It's beautiful. To me. Oh, oh, oh. It's, it's just, She's like, you're not the only one that's born like this because, you know, what? I'm glad that I'm not alone. That's the yes. beauty of having albinism. Like, when yes. you know there's other people just like you, you're like, yeah. And then, then we understand the same things. We yes, get each other. We understand the same thing and we can, we can emphasize. So, yes. when it comes to mental health as well, um, we can empathize and put ourselves in another person's shoes that experience the same challenges the same that I have. Yeah. You know? And I and I guess it helps that we are here so that we share our experiences so that the next the, the children don't have to go through what we went through. Right. Uh, because I think right. most mostly this like we didn't have I didn't know any platform now where people could speak about these things. And they, like you know, it was it wasn't it's not something that was like talked about. But now I have organism, a visual impairment, skin problems, no 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 all those things. Um, but then now there's us that are gonna be like, no, it's just visual impairment. So parents don't worry because the other people that we really ought to 
to to to to speak to and to encourage and for me when 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 i get to meet a parent that be like that would have like this face full of hope because then they see me but like, no you know because they see me they're not like oh there's hope for my child because they see me they're like no my child's going to be fine then they can reference i think that's part of why i entered them the miss albinism you know so that a parent can ensure their child when i look at the girl next door that could be you you see mm-hmm. so i think it's in these spaces that we get to make a difference in these spaces where people can find people that they can talk to that actually understand uh the the ups and downs of albinism yes because i think not only a person with albinism do face the stigma also single mm. mother or based family members do face the stigma mm. and i did do a talk with a parent last week last week i've done a talk with a lady in america she has a beautiful daughter and the daughter has albinism and she was sharing her experience you know from her point of view and and i'm and i want to invite more parents to come on these talks with me because in a sense that you know they can learn from somebody from the adult side of things mm. and we, obviously we've been us me you we've been through the um the, yes, the, the other side teenage mm. years the schooling the whole nine yards you know and it's their, their child might be going through that situation where they're gonna go out and they've been bullied and so forth and it's about educating the parents what to do if they find themselves in a situation mm. where the child comes home and they don't want to go to school because of bullying so it's about educating the parents as well so they can get the support and obviously getting doctors and people who are experts that know about the condition in a biological sense and one of the things i also learned because i never learned this before and i got to find out that everybody is a carrier of the albinism gene yes i i usually make a joke that you don't know <laughs> you don't know you don't know <laughs> i usually i really like to make this joke but guys don't you don't know whether <laughs> whether you're no, going to meet a person that's also got the gene then yeah. Boom! Another man decides born. You don't know. Yeah, because I, I, I see it as this. I see it as this. When a woman is pregnant, okay. Mm-hmm. When a woman is pregnant, you don't know what the child's gonna look like. The child is yes. growing inside of you. Mm. Oh, you, you, you know, your, your child is the child is growing. One second, sis. I think someone wants to join in the talk. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. I think someone wants to join in. One moment. Um, uh, no, it's not even that. Sorry about that. Sorry, no, it was. I thought it was someone to join me, in, but yeah, um, something. Um, so these are things that we're going to talk about: is carriers of the traits. Because what that lady, what the lady, her name is Sheeda, and she had a daughter called Caden, has albinism, and they done their testing, and apparently, her and her husband, they are carriers of it, the traits of it, and even in her family as well. 
So, but they said that even if she was to fall pregnant and she's likely to have another pre- a child with albinism and whatnot, but she said it don't really make a difference. I'm gonna still love my child whether child albin I come with albinism or not. So when I take that, I said, "Wow, that's to me, yeah. that's a good parent right there." Because yeah. if if you can love your child beyond that, that's that. Regardless, it doesn't matter if you do tests on me or if you do a DNA test on me to say if I have the traits of albinism and whatnot. I'm gonna love my child. What if the child come out red, pink, purple, blue, and green? <laughs> you see, so, yeah, but it's it's just it's something that I mm. wish we could have parents like this that can actually listen to other parents like my dearest friend. Yes, and and and, and, then, and then the fact that um when I when I hear these things, it makes me want to reach out to parents more now to say invited to these talks and to really give them some educational lessons about the conditions so that because i also saw another report again and i don't know if you sorry on yellow church instagram i posted about a four-month-old boy um the mother abandoned him and the father the baby's father's grandmother was taking care of him but because the grandmother is not well because due to illness as well, I post that on the for change, and these are things that makes me want to reach out okay. to parents to mm. really, really educate and say, you know, there's nothing wrong with your child. Like, why are you abandoning? Okay. You, know, you know what I mean? I mean, that child could be your greatest blessing, and you then see? the child, you know, I've heard the stories of parents abandoning their their children because of um, albinism, and. It's so heartbreaking. And to hear that my friend and sister said that to me the other day, I literally was like, listen, if I come to the States right now, I'm coming to see my niece. And I told her, I said it to her face, I said, hey, if there's ever a time, I'm waiting for this COVID thing to, to, to like really go away now so I can travel. And come to, I even said to Pinky as well, I said, I am coming to South Africa. You better find a you better find a room for me to come because I'm definitely gonna come stay at your house and we can do these talks and and yeah. really come to the place hear from an international speaker yes. from you know hey you know what I'm saying and, you know I I, I I educate parents and say look obviously for me I come from black parents you know my mom and dad are light skinned but my dad is almost like me. His complexion is almost like a white man. The only time he's dark is only he gets a tan. But without a tan, he looks like a yellow man. Okay? Red skinned, right? And I want to really deposit this. And obviously, like these these are kind of talks I'm doing as well to educate my family as well. So not just friends, but educate my family that anybody can 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 actually give birth to a person with albinism it happened to me i have brothers and sisters that come out normal i'm the only one with albinism but should should i allow this stigma now to dictate to me absolutely not i'm 32 years old man and i've come to a point i have to love myself not just through albinism but love myself so that others can love me because if you are gonna hang your head low it's all about me like i'm I'm, 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 i don't want the sympathy 
you know yeah. i i don't want people to feel sorry for me and in a sense of because i have this condition love me beyond albinism because albinism is something that i cannot change but if you love me beyond that that's more that's more acceptable and i have to learn to love myself as well as having the condition loving myself and telling myself that look i'm beautiful you know i i'm i'm special i'm god's masterpiece so that's one of the things i i i embrace that i'm god i'm made in god i actually have my t-shirt um made to stand out that i'm thinking to do a merch on that for yell for change for pwa very soon god's willing that's gonna hopefully come out very soon but these are things for pwa to understand the message is is made to stand out you're made to you're made different and you are unique it doesn't matter if people don't see you in the same light as them and quote unquote but it's all about understanding understanding that you are beautiful you Mm. are made to stand out you are made to shine you are made to stand out you are unique don't let the fact that your skin defines you as a person and that's what it's all about and albinism is here to stay it's a lifetime thing going anyway it's not gonna go nowhere you're gonna have to learn to accept it (laughs) is what it is like albinism is here to stay um now we're gonna come up with the last five minutes of our time and and because i know that you time because of time as well in your country is about 9 30 now so yes. i know maybe you have work in the morning so i don't really want to take up too much of your time but i want to say thank you again for taking your time out with me and i was in talk with marvelyn and i am the founder of yell for traitor finally i got you got to meet the the founder behind Yell for Change and yes, finally. <laughs> well, a bit about let me just share a little bit of history with Yell for Change a little bit with you. So Yell for Change is it's all about you know bringing awareness to albinism and obviously bring the yellow yellow pictures was to bring shining the torch to the color yellow is to um, is the vibrant of light of albinism to represents our uniqueness and our light and our bright our bright skin our our uniqueness you know so that's what the the yellow pictures that's why when i posted and obviously yell for shouts because i've always been curious about the yellow (laughs) yes the yellow the yell and yellow so yell for shout and then the yellow for albums and and obviously the four e's is to educate empower enlighten encourage albums and obviously change is to take action so obviously taking action and speaking out so speaking is action as well so not just the physical non-verbal but obviously speaking and exposing the inhumane and the stigma towards albinism so that's what yellow for change is about so i'm not only just going to be doing the yellow and yellow pictures i want to meet other people with albinism and hear their story and experience so that's also a part of uh, yellow for change's advocacy so um <laughs> this project started last year in september so a year ago yell for change was born and um so we just celebrated one year anniversary. it only started with family and friends with yellow pictures as i said 
Mm. And I'm very humbled that it has come this far. I'm not going to lie because I'm able to meet people. And then stuck on it, the work doesn't stop. So the yell and yell yeah. continues. It doesn't matter if it's Albans in the weirdest day or Albans in the weirdest day. It doesn't matter. The yell and everybody's welcome to take part in the pictures. Yeah. You, know, you know, it's the content of it. And it will draw people to really take part in it too. So, yeah, so in closing with this interview, um, what would be your message to the world, Mandisa, about albinism? Um, one, I believe that we are the light of the world. Uh, we are meant to light up the world. Um, let's light up the world. And my prayer is that I pray that we live in a world that accepts di- diversity. That is my everyday prayer that we live in a world that accepts diversity so that we can live happily ever after, basically. Like, that's my prayer. Accepting diversity and living happily ever after. <laughs> but, but, but more or less, it's, 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 it's accepting diversity. Let's, let's be a world that accepts diversity. Let's be a world that embraces diversity. Because if it's not black and white, they can be gray. So I, I pray that we become a world that accepts and embraces diversity. And to my PWAs, know that you are the light of the world. Regardless, you are the light of the world. You are made to shine. You are meant to shine. So that is it from me. And thank you so, 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 so much uh, for this opportunity. I really, really, I feel honored. And I appreciate you and your work. And, you know, we do see your work. We do see you. So thank you so much for taking the initiative and also motivating us in a way, along the way. Um, sometimes when you feel like when a purpose and then purpose-wise and then you tired, but you're like, no, uh, MEV is continuing. And then you take um, inspiration from MEV. So I want to say thank you so much for that as well. You inspire us as well beside. Thank you. I'm so humbled by that. Thank you. Thank you so much again, Mandisa, for taking your time out with Albanese and the winners. Albanese and awareness, you know. <laughs> Albanese and talk. Oh, my God. Forgive me. Thank you, pardon. Albanese and talk with Marilyn. So, guys, um, please remember to follow Yell for Change on all social media platforms. This episode will be posted on YouTube, Yell for Change YouTube channel. So please subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. Yell for Change is here. We're spreading the message for PWA. We're bringing awareness to albinism. So just remember, yell for albinism. Together we stand, together we can. Much love. God bless you and have a peaceful good night.